We have a great show for you today. I have several different topics that we want to get to. Number one, we want to talk about, in, in my view, that liberals, Democrats, have created an established church, and we'll talk about that in a few moments. How have they created an established church? And that's exactly what seems to be taking place in America. Number two, we'll talk about climate alarmism for totalitarian control. Back to climate alarmism. And then I want to also bring up a topic that I introduced last week regarding Texas Appleseed, which refers to juvenile detention alternative initiative. And what is taking place as far as racial quotas going on in, in punishment in school systems? And there are a couple of interesting stories that are related to that. We'll look at that. So that's what we have on tap today. But first of all, I do want to look at the election for just a moment. Here's a story that came out of the Epic Times, and that is this week. And one area that seems to be just not talked about at all on conservative uh, conservative Fox News or other, maybe there are two or three, two or three hosts that talk about it, but not very frequently. And that is election integrity or the lack of election integrity that we have going on in this country. It's amazing to me to think that, for example, in Arizona, where Carrie Lake is doing so great and, and more power to her, she's just a, a great a great candidate. I believe that she'll be a great governor. But they've had a huge, huge problem with election integrity in Arizona. But you don't hear anything about that in the mainstream media. You don't hear much about it at all on Fox News, except when Carrie Lake is actually interviewed. But that's one of those areas that is simply off-limits. And there are a lot of off-limits topics, but one of them, of course, is election integrity. So regarding that, the Epics Times, uh, Epic Times had an article this last week regarding China interfering in the United States midterm elections. And here's the report. China's communist leadership is attempting to interfere in the November 8 midterm elections by spreading propaganda and disinformation. Well, that's, of course, not news to those of us who stay in tune with conservative values and conservative issues, but many people there are unaware of this. Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, conducting influence campaigns with the apparent intent of increasing political polarization among Americans as if we needed more polarization, and damaging reputations of people running for Congress. Now, I want to stop the sentence right there. Whose reputations of Congress, which congressional reputations do you suppose they're trying to damage? Well, you know it's not the Democrats. You know it's not the Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's of the world. No, they're damaging or trying to damage the reputation of people running for Congress who have been critical of the regime that is critical of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, that, of course, does not include the Biden family or the Biden Democratic machine because they are, of course, locked at the hip with him. They're, Biden has received donations from Chinese Communist Party, and he's right in tune with him. Same thing with Hunter Biden. You know very well what's taking place, so they're not trying to damage their reputations. So those who are pointing these things out in Congress, those are the ones they're trying to damage. This is the report that's published on October 13th by intelligence from Recorded Future. That's the firm, Recorded Future. Here's the statement. China's state-sponsored 
influences are almost certainly conducting malign influence operations targeting English and Chinese-speaking U.S. audiences with divisive political multimedia content on social media. The report states, China is likely to conduct malign interference efforts against congressional candidates and members who are outspoken opponents of the Chinese Communist Party and those who support policies will negatively, uh, that are supporting policies that will negatively affect China. That, of course, is the same thing as saying not simply all Republicans, but conservative Republicans like the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, who is outspoken, and she is a s- strong, just like Carrie Lake in Arizona. She stands strong, and you wish that we were, there were more men like that. The report comes less than a month after tech giant Meta Platform said that it had dismantled a China-based disinformation campaign ahead of the elections. The campaign intended to increase political polarization among American voters by amplifying extreme viewpoints on both sides of the political spectrum. So likewise, the recorded future report, what did they find? A Chinese-based influence operations aimed at promoting extremism, sowing discord among Americans. Many of the reports or many of the efforts appear to criticize both Republican and Democrat parties and promote extreme views on both sides, the report reads. So one of the cases involves an Army, a U.S. Army veteran, congressional hopeful in New York City, and his name is Zhang Yang, uh, Zhang Yan, rather, who was targeted by the CCP earlier this year. The Justice Department has charged known CCP affiliates with plotting and to extort and even physically attack Zhang to remove him from the race and prevent his anti-communist views from entering the political landscape. The report's authors note that they anticipate more direct involvement from the CCP. We believe that China's malign interference activities includes the following. Harassment, surveillance, physical threats, They will likely target congressional candidates and members who are outspoken opponents of the Chinese Communist Party, legislators who support policies that will negatively affect China. So this is, the report goes on, and there's much more to it. But that is something that we need to pay attention to, and that is the integrity of our own elections. Ladies and gentlemen, if we don't have the integrity of our own elections, then we don't have a free country. If we don't have integrity of elections, we don't have a free country. And the indicators are all there that the integrity of of our elections are at stake and have been at stake even since Biden was put into office. Now, that's the truth of the matter. There's only one reason that people have refused to examine the election, the past election. just, Just take, for example, let me just back up here. Dinesh D'Souza had a movie pertaining to that regarding the election of Joe Biden over Donald Trump. How much it was, it was 2000 mules. How much coverage of that movie have you seen even on Fox news? You haven't heard a thing about it, not anything about it. The only national attention it received was Liz Cheney made a comment in one of her congressional hearings, that it was debunked. No, it wasn't debunked. Who debunked it? Where did they debunk it? How did they debunk it? No, there's no debunking there. Now, of course, she is in lockstep with the Democrats, and she didn't like it. She didn't like the information. 
And so she wanted to declare it misinformation. We'll talk about that kind of problem in just a few moments. The point I'm making simply is this. Even Fox News has had a blackout on election integrity. Dinesh D'Souza's movie is just a blockbuster showing that there was election integrity problems when Biden was elected. But be that as it may, that's the problem. And now we see more of it taking place from these two different reports, and it's reported to us in the Epic Times. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. Before we look at this next story, which I, I call it liberals establishing an, an established church, making an established church in America, I do want to mention the platforms that we are now moving towards and, and are now on. So we are now on Spotify, and you can find us under Patriotic Pulpit. That's the name of it, Patriotic Pulpit. And it is on the app Spotify. You can also find us under the same name at Amazon Music as well as Apple Podcasts. And so that will be Patriotic Pulpit. So we're doing some name changing or some kind of a rebranding of the entire thing here. You will find articles that I write, much of them related to what we talk about on the show, on the News Talk 1290 website. So you can find those there. I still have the website American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. Uh, but we'll be changing that up as the new year, new year approaches. So those are the avenues I'm on. Now, I'm also a preacher at the Iowa Park Church of Christ, and you can find a lot of materials that are related to this at the Iowa Park Church of Christ website as well as iowaparkcoc.org, iowaparkcoc.org. And you can find materials on this. There are lessons biblically based, but I bring in some of this material for illustrative purposes and so we talk about some of these things, such as what we're going to talk about right now, for example. And that is the, the Democrats, the liberals, the really the socialists in America, are creating an established church. And it, we're talking about the freedom of information versus this misinformation mantra. I want to begin with an author. His name is John Hanson Beadle, B-E-A-D-L-E. John Hanson Beadle was a prolific author in the 19th century, as well as an editor at the Salt Lake Reporter. Now, he was unfriendly to the Mormon church and wrote many volumes of expose regarding the Latter-day Saints. One of his volumes was in 1870 called Life in Utah or the Mysteries and Crimes of Mormonism. Now, you don't have to agree with what he had to say regarding Mormonism to appreciate what he had to say pertaining to the freedom of the press, and it's remarkable to read because he was actually a, a journalist at that time and remarkable to read what he had to say regarding freedom of the press and how he thought the American public would react to someone trying to curtail the information that came to them. So I have some of his quotes. The whole point is, of course, is that we have the individual liberty to choose what we wish to believe. But as was taking place now, it's no different than an established church, which our founding fathers absolutely rejected. So Beatles speaks of the free flow of information in 19th century America, the very opposite of what is occurring today in the United States government. The United States government itself, linking up with, of course, big tech, seeking to define with us, for us what is and what is not misinformation. And they are in the business of curtailing it. Curtailing information is an insignia of all totalitarian governments. I cannot stress that enough. Curtailing 
the free flow or cutting off the free flow of information is the insignia of all totalitarian governments. There is no difference, absolutely no difference in England, the government of England during the colonial period, forcing people, deciding for people what religious doctrines they will or will not support, they will or will not listen to, and make them pay taxes to support the Church of England and what is taking place now for our government to be linked up with big tech to making the decisions for us, what we're going to listen to and what we're going to see. Now, there is no difference in that at all. When you consider the principle behind it, this is, it kind of bothers me just a little bit. If I might just take an aside here, we, we don't think about principles behind the basic ideas of life or the basic doctrines that are taught and the basic concepts that are being taught by whether it be Republicans or Democrats. And people have a hard time learning and thinking about the principles behind it. I was, for example, I I talk to people all the time, as you do as well, regarding political or religious issues. By the way, what else makes any difference in, in life? People ask me, well, why don't you talk about sports? Well, you know, politics and religion, that's what makes all the difference in the world. So I talked to people about it and I said, you know, before the socialistic program, I said, what is right and honorable and moral about forcing a government, forcing me to give my money to someone else? That is, there's no difference than I were a highwayman, a robber, forcing you to give to me. But that, that is what socialism is all about. It's just an immoral system. But people have a hard time seeing that, which is underlying all this, all this socialistic nonsense that's taking place in America. Well, back to Beetle. America spawned a variety of belief systems, as you know, in the 19th century. And so the columnist, he said this, we see that every new or purely American phase of religious error, there's always tacked a feature of political power, communism of property, social license, moral perversion, a general revolt against accepted theories in law, medicine, marriage, government, or social relations. The variety of beliefs, be they religious or political, is the logical outgrowth of freedom. Let me repeat that. The variety of beliefs, be they religious or political, is the logical outgrowth of freedom. Beetle puts it this way, in the perfect liberty of conscience guaranteed the perverted or diseased conscience is equally free to choose as he will, it is reasonable to suppose that many will choose but poorly. The problem is, of course, that government leaders and government actors don't want us to choose poorly. They want us to choose wisely. So the temptation is always in the seats of power to force people or to at least to incentivize them to choose wisely and not to choose poorly, choose wise views, not poor views. However, when a government actor Government authority gets in the business of deciding what is wise and what is poor on the information scale. Totalitarianism is the result. This is what Democrats are all about, labeling things as misinformation so that America might be unified behind a state. They want them unified. Yes, a totalitarian state. That's what they want. Yes, they want unity, unity behind a totalitarian state. What to believe? 
That is the same thing in principle as an established church, and that's what we have going on in America right now, an established church. You must bow down, and you must accept the doctrine that is taught at the universities by the mainstream media, which is the same thing as the Socialist Democratic Party. You must believe it. You must pay homage to it. That's what you are told to believe. And they're cutting off oppositional information. Repression, however, does not bring unity, does it? Beadle asks, suppose either of the prominent sects, speaking about denominations of churches, be made the established church, if indeed you can conceive of an established church in America. For example, let's take, as he gives this illustration, the Methodist church. Let's just, for illustrative purposes, the Methodist church becomes the established church. What, what does that mean? Well, that means that your tax money, by the way, people who are on the liberal side of the spectrum need to pay attention here because they do not understand what an established church meant or means and what the First Amendment means because this is an explanation of, of it. An established church means that people are going to pay taxes in the state of Texas to support the Methodist church or whatever the established church may be to support it, even if they don't attend that particular church. You might be coming to a congregation where I preach to the Church of Christ. You might be a Baptist. You might be a Pentecostal. Doesn't matter. Your tax money is going to support the Methodist Church. That is an established church. That's what America put out of business. That's what we said we're not going to have. So Beadle asked this question. This is John Hanson Beadle. He said, what would happen? Well, the church would at once lose as many of its communicants. Most people would avoid it to the furthest extent allowed from the law, not because of hostility to the church, but simply because it was the established church. Yeah, I've heard a long time people say, well, uh, young people say, well, uh, if you just don't force people to do it, you don't force me to do this. I'm happy to do it, but I don't like my parents telling me what to do. Well, why is it then that we all accept and are forced by the government to believe a certain doctrine and we just go along happily doing that. Why is that the case? We're not as independent-minded as we like to believe, I don't think. That's exactly what's occurring today. Alex Newman, been on the program many times with me, just a great, great commentator, great researcher, writes this, from rigging Google's algorithm to promote the UN propaganda, deploying over 100,000, that's the United Nations, 100,000 propagandists, to actually removing criticism of the global warming agenda from the internet, removing it from social media to deep state globalists now out in the open with agenda to silence all who question this and disingenuously promote their narrative, fake fact checkers promoting the lies, squelching the truth or proliferating. This is illegal, extremely dangerous. That's exactly what's taking place. What is it? It is an established church an established church where only certain sets of beliefs have the imprimatur of the government upon them. That's what liberalism, the socialists of America, want you to have an established church. We'll be back in a moment. The next story that I want us to think about involves climate alarmism for totalitarian control. I get to get the title out correctly here. A couple of years ago, Nancy Pelosi made the comment. She said, well, Mother Earth is angry. She's telling us, whether she's telling us with hurricanes on the Gulf Coast, fires in the West, whatever it is, climate crisis is real, 
and has an impact. That was in the spring, I believe, of 2020. At that time, California, of course, was raging with wildfires. They had about 29 major wildfires and I think about 4,800 uh, 4, square miles was being burnt at the time. But Pelosi was upset, as well as most people in the Democrat Party, almost all of them that I know about, that the United States was not on board with the United Nations agenda, and that would be, of course, their climate change agenda. And Pelosi says, Mother Earth is angry. So there's several things that we want to notice here. Right now, of course, as, as we speak, now this is not taking it back to March of 2020. Right now, Jair Bolsonaro is the president, has been the president of Brazil. And right now the election is taking place. The, there's going to be a runoff election between Luiz Inacio Lula de, de Silva who was the president of Brazil from 2003 to 2010. Then Bolsonaro had, remember, came in in 2019. And then October 3rd was an election in which Lula received 48%, Bolsonaro 43%. But the the rules, uh, the uh, election uh, rules of Brazil are these, that the candidate has to have 50%. So they're going to have a runoff election, which is October 30 which is, of course, uh, this week. So that's what's taking place. One reason that the mainstream media, not just in America, but the globalists, which are coming coming out of the United Nations, and remember I talked about the, there's 100,000 of them that are campaigning for climate alarmism. They, the, the United Nations hates Bolsonaro. Why is that the case? Well, because he's a conservative He's a man who opposes the United Nations agenda on climate alarmism. He calls it a socialist plot to transfer wealth from America and other countries to third world countries. And he refused to allow the United Nations COP25 conference to be held there in December 2019. They could not get over it. The globalists met in Madrid, Spain, and they, of course, vilified him from a distance. They couldn't stand him. Bolsonaro is exactly like a Donald Trump said, no, we're not being a part of this. And they just, they just lost it. So the Paris agreement, the COP 25, COP 21 conference was that they wanted to establish global governance. It wasn't simply, we don't believe in climate alarmism. They're trying to establish a global government with a green agenda. This is exactly the Paris climate accord statements, global governance. It finalizes rules for a global common market. The plan is to soak the American taxpayer to save the planet. And the United Nations boss, that is Antonio, uh, Secretary General actually, Antonio Guterres, came out of the Socialist International years ago, by the way. He says climate action offers a compelling path to transform our world. Exactly. Compelling path to transform our world planetary taxes levied by the UN. Is that what you want? That's exactly what they have in mind. That's what the new green deal is all about. That's what Joe Biden is about. That's why he shut down day one, the Keystone pipeline. That's why he immediately within the same day jumped right back into the Paris climate accord. He's a globalist, number one, an internationalist, and he is not an American first. Well, 
all of that we've talked about and we've talked about before on the program how scientists say that the, the science is not settled on on climate change and we won't go through all of that we can do that at another time but i want to point out this that america is moving closer and closer to what we might call simply what might identify as ancient paganism you know one of the remarkable statements that Pelosi made was Mother Earth. She speaks from, by the way, she thinks she's speaking for Mother Earth. And Mother Earth is angry, and she's saying this and she's saying that. She's, she's putting herself in a goddess-like status on the planet and messaging to us what our climate sins are. That's what's going on. Well, <clears throat> that paganism, it's what it is. Paganism is really idolatry. It reminds me exactly what we find in the Old Testament. One of the ancient pagan religions in the Old Testament was the worship of the god, false god, Moloch, or Molech, called Moloch, or Molech, M-O-L-E-C-H. First Kings chapter 11, verse 7, was the god of the Ammonite people who lived next door to Israel, just as Chemosh was the god of Moab. And these gods were worshipped at what were called high places throughout the Old Testament period. And connected with these gods was the pantheon of the Canaanites that honored Baal as one of their gods. Now, these idolaters considered seasonal changes. Now, listen to this. They considered seasonal changes as reflecting their ancient myths, and consequently, they worshiped nature. What took place in nature actually reflected the gods. That's how they believed it. So more horrific still is the fact that in order to please these pagan gods, they had actually sacrificed children. And it's euphemistically mentioned in the Old Testament as passing a child through the fire, which was forbidden in the book of Le- Leviticus as well as Deuteronomy. For example, Ahaz, king in the Old Testament Judah, 8th century B.C. He is said to have made his son to pass through the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom Jehovah cast out from before the children of Israel, 2 Kings 16-3. He burned incense in the valley of the sons of Hinnom that would be outside the walls of Jerusalem, and burned his children in the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom Jehovah cast out before the children of Israel. So there was a prophet at the time, and his name was Jeremiah. Jeremiah, in the 19th chapter of his book, the prophet of God stood at the valley of Hinnom where these abominations were occurring and condemned it. And he puts it in these words, because they have forsaken me and have estranged this place, have burnt incense unto other gods that they know not now. They and their fathers and the kings of Judah have filled this place with the blood of innocence, have built the high places to Baal, burned their sons in the fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. Therefore I will break this people and this city as one breaks a potter's vessel and cannot be made whole again. Now you know perhaps where we're going with this, and that is, the Democrat Party, the Socialist Party, which is really what it is, Socialist Party, they want the same thing. They may not be passing the children through the fire, but they're aborting children. They want abortion all the way to the time of birth, and we are sacrificing our children in America the same way that the pagans did in the Old Testament and the same way that the Jews began to do under the leadership of kings such as Ahaz and was condemned by Jeremiah. Same thing. And they did it to propitiate the so-called gods of the earth. And you have Nancy Pelosi saying, well, we're 
creating climate sins here. So we're making Mother Earth angry, and that's why she's bringing all these things upon us. The similarities are striking, aren't they? We'll be back in a moment. Before I look at this next particular uh, story, which is regarding what I brought up and introduced last week pertaining to Texas Appleseed, that's an Austin-based law firm that seeks actually to have a racial quota system for children in school or high schoolers, and that is have the racial quotas as far as the punishment rates are concerned. So that's what Texas Appleseed is all about. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Before I go there, I thought maybe I might mention a couple of things regarding the climate because this is so important and people miss this because I, I hear all the time people saying, well, I think that the, the climate is changing and perhaps it is human caused. There's so many scientists who have signed statements that said that is absolutely not the case. There has been no debate on the subject. There's been no discussion on the subject whatsoever. But here's one man is William, Dr. William Hepper, a Princeton physicist. He spoke at COP25 and he made this comment. This is shocking because he was speaks at this United Nations COP25 conference, which is there, of course, to further the socialistic agenda. And he says, we are here under false pretenses. We're wasting our time talking about a non-existent climate emergency. Boy, that didn't go over well. Why? Well, this is the only avenue that they have, the only tool that they have in the toolkit in order to crowbar out of America money to siphon it off and to give it to other nations. That's what they want to do. That's what this is all about. It's a global socialist plan. Climate change is a global, is the globalist socialist plan. It's the tool in the toolkit, the crowbar, to get money out of America and send it overseas. That's what it's all about. And Dr. William Happer basically said, hey, we're wasting our time talking about it. There's no climate emergency. Well, that is not going to do with the United Nations people. He said more CO2 is needed. It's hard to understand. Now, these are his words. It's hard to understand how much further the shrillness can go. As this started out as global warming, then it was climate change, global weirding. How is it climate crisis and climate emergency? What next? But stick around. It will happen. So now it's climate crisis. Now it's climate emergency. Stick around. It will happen. Dr. Richard Lindzen is another one. He's a retired MIT professor. He says, climate alarmism has nothing to do with science. It has to do only with politics. That's exactly right. Steve Coonan, former U.S. Department Energy Secretary, tells us very plainly the science is not settled at all on this. Here's one of his statements. The public is largely unaware of the intense debates within climate science. At a recent National Laboratory meeting, I observed more than 100 active government and university researchers challenge one another as they strove to separate human impacts from the climate's natural variability. At issue are not nuances, but fundamental aspects of our understanding, such as the apparent and the unexpected slowing of global sea level rise over past two decades. So what's he saying? Basically, the science is not settled. There's intense debates, even within the scientists and the climate scientists themselves, and they they have not a settled opinion on the subject. Yet, that's what we're being told. You have to have 
the global green agenda, and they want America to be locked in step with it. All right. You know, I brought up last week the Texas Appleseed, and the Texas Appleseed project basically is that, hey, we're, we're punishing too many minority children in schools, and so now they have quotas. And if you think this is just one little corner of the of the world here, you're mistaken because this is part of the TEA agenda. And that is there are too many minorities that are being punished in the school systems. And so we've got to do something about it. So there are quotas in the school systems right now in the state of Texas that tells us how many blacks, how many Hispanics, or how many will not be punished, you know, that on discretionary and discretionary sentences, so-called, I mean, they put them out of the classroom and they put them in uh, another facility such as an alternative education facility. So if, as long as it's discretionary, you can't, you can't do minorities this way. And so, but they're not stopping there. So the Texas apple seed has come in and said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to stop this. And the problem is there are too many minorities. And the assumption uh, below all of it is that it is due to white racism It's because of white racism that these things come about. Now, <clears throat> that's what we presented last week. Now, I want you to notice this is an article that came from 2014. written by Selwyn Duke. Selwyn Duke writes for the New American. 2014 now, that's a number of years ago. And this was already taking place. And he says it this way. We've all heard of affirmative action and apportioning jobs based on racial quota. But now, Minneapolis. So this was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. School officials want to mete out punishment based on racial quota. It's part of a wider movement orchestrated by the federal government to reduce the number of suspensions of black and Hispanic students. Breitbart News Network's Warner Todd Houston reports on the story, and here's what he says. The Minneapolis public school system, the MPS, announced a major new district-wide policy for disciplining students. Any suspension of a non-white student requires the district superintendent's approval. So you can't punish them. They're not going to take a, a teacher's word for it. You've got to go all the way up to the district superintendent. The principal can't do it. You've got to go to the district superintendent. The MPS has been stung by reports that students of color are 10 times more likely to receive a suspension than white students. The Minneapolis school system has an enrollment of over 32,000 students. 70% are non-white. School superintendent Bernadia Johnson, a black woman, maintains that she wants to disrupt the current suspension trends. And so she makes the claim that black and Hispanic students are being suspended for behaviors for which white students are not held to account. Is that what's taking place? In other words, we have white racism. But that absolutely is false. Her agenda doesn't seem at all concerned about the equality of behavior standard application, but equality of outcomes. And that's exactly how she states it in an article that appeared in the Star Tribune. It tells us she was committed to completely eliminating the racial suspension gap by 2018. So what is she out for? She's for the outcome. She wants the outcome. It's outcome. This is what outcome-based education is all about. This is what socialism is all about. We're interested in the outcome. This is what social justice is about. It's not about justice at all. It is about the outcomes. How many 
minorities have you? How many whites have you? And we want to equal it out. Regardless of actions that have brought on or brought them to this particular point. So obviously, it isn't possible to apply the same behavior standards to all students and have no racial suspension gap unless unless the races are committing transgressions at precisely the same rates. In other words, you can't have you can't have what she wants, can't have the same outcomes unless the transgressions are done violating the rules at precisely the same rates. Now this is a columnist by the name of Dr. Thomas Sowell. You know Thomas Sowell, he's a black columnist, a great conservative writer, and he makes just a, an outstanding point, and one that cannot be gainsaid, it cannot be overturned. He asked recently regarding this, do you really believe, for example, that black boys cannot possibly be misbehaving more often than Asian American girls? Do you, do you believe that? Do you believe that black boys cannot be misbehaving? more than Asian-American girls. So that brings us to an important point, and that is there is a school racial suspension gap that no one's talking about. What is it? Whites are being suspended more than Asians. Uh-oh. Whites being suspended more than Asians. So we must have racism from the Asian community that is bringing this about because whites are suspended more often than Asian students. Is that how it works? Linda Chavez, a pundit, newspaper writer, columnist, related earlier this that year, this was 2014, that 5%, while 5% of white students will be suspended at some point in their academic life, only 3% of Asian students will. So Chavez is pointing out the same thing. So 5% of whites, 3% of Asians, We've have, we have a gap here. What are we going to do about that gap? Well, we must somehow, this is how the Bernadette Johnson, the black woman who is in charge of the Minneapolis schools, though she was in 2014, she probably not is now, but this is how she's going to say it. We've got to have the same outcome. So what are we going to do about this? We've got to make it the same. So Chavez goes on to say, if it's assumed that the black Hispanic white suspension gap is attributable to prejudice, why is it never asked if the white Asian gap is attributable to prejudice as well? Moreover, since the greater suspension rates of blacks and Hispanics would seem even more profound if they were compared to that of Asians, why are whites used for comparison purposes? We might also wonder, why isn't boys' suspension rates, why are they higher, I should say, why are they higher than girls? And why And why? Why are we not saying, oh, that's, a, that's due to sexism? Are boys suspended more frequently than girls? Absolutely. And that's, that, I think, probably is the case all the way across the country. So is that due to sexism? Do we have sexism going on in all the schools? Is that what's the cause? That's the root cause of all of these suspensions? No. You know what? You know what the problem is. The minority cultures are fostering immorality in their cultures. That's what's happening. You can see it in the home. You can see it in minority homes. You can see it in the, in the rates of abortion. You can see it in the fatherless homes. That's what's happening in our country, in our cultures. And it is absolutely folly to say that, okay, we must have all the same rates of suspension. 
So telling the whole story would refute the racial narrative that the left has been advancing continually regarding social engineering. And so Thomas Sowell now weighs in again, comments on this. He calls it the promotion of racial hysteria. And he writes this. I think this is so important. The most cynical of these bogeyman ploys, and this was, remember, 2014, he's writing, is Attorney General Holder's, that's Eric Holder's, threats of legal action against schools that discipline a disproportionate number of black boys. Now, you let that soak in for a minute. This is what the Obama administration was all about. Eric Holder threatening to punish local school districts. That's the Justice Department. Sounds like the Justice Department we have now with Joe Biden punishing local school districts for the disproportionate number of black boys that were punished and eliminated from the classroom. Thomas Sowell's doing the writing here. Unless you believe that black boys cannot possibly be misbehaving more often than Asian American girls, what does this political numbers game accomplish? I'll tell you what it accomplishes, and he answers it for us. It accomplishes another racial grievance. That's what. Allowing Democrats like Holder... And it would be the same thing with the Justice Department today and Joe Biden's administration, allowing them to pose as rescuers of black from racist dangers is absolutely that which is creating a huge, huge problem in America. And the federal government pressure was brought to bear in Minneapolis at this particular case. The school system's new policy, partially the result of the U.S. Department of Education. So the U.S. Department steps in. Incidentally, this program is about the Constitution. And the Constitution never gave Washington, D.C., the federal government, the power to oversee education at all, period. But we have allowed, through a non-participation and not paying attention to what's going on and our belief that everything's going to be fine in Washington, D.C., to all power go to Washington, D.C., and now we have a huge problem. And it's the same problem our founding fathers warned us about over and over and over again. Do not allow power to gravitate to Washington, D.C. Well, we did anyway, and now this is what we've got. Well, the problems are taking place in Minneapolis. The same thing right here in this Great state of Texas with Texas Appleseed because they have exactly the same thing. I read to you last week the letter that the Dallas public school system received from Texas Appleseed about two years ago, which basically laid out the same identical problem, and that is too many blacks are being suspended from the classroom. We've got to do something about it. And that, of course, they said is due to implied and due to white prejudice. Nonsense. It is the case that what we have going on in America is America is becoming unraveled morally. We're becoming unraveled with ethics, and it's happening so frequently and rapidly in minority cultures, I'm sad to say. 